0: and welcome back to the south end zone brought to you by belly up sports i'm your host jason bailey i'm with my counterparts eric mulhair and ali Pisaric. eric what's going on dude it's been like three th- what three days since we talked
1: yeah i don't know what was it wednesday thursday uh, i don't friday. i don't remember my this, friday
0: we did a, yeah we did is that episode. when it, we did yeah friday
1: I can't keep track. My life at this point basically just ro- revolves around Miles' basketball schedule and never <laughs> just fit in stuff around that. and Fit in working on your yard? I hear you. Not yet. It's too cold. I, uh, my my yard. Stop.
0: Uh, it is not too cold in routine. South Georgia. I don't want to hear that bullshit. It was 38 huh? this morning. It, oh, yeah, it's
2: stop. actually cold. Stop. Yeah, it, it, I, Dude, I
0: lived down there. It never no, no, got it, below 38 degrees.
2: It
1: well, was 22 it, this morning or like two days ago. Here. Yeah, it, it got co- like legit cold over the weekend. Yeah,
2: yeah I, feel it's like I feel terrible. I feel terrible
1: to guys. be uninhabitable. I'm just saying it's, <laughs> there's no point in working on the yard when it's 40 degrees out. It's, nothing's going to grow.
0: Yeah, I feel so bad for you guys given that my entire uh, town was frozen solid for a week straight. And I'm from Alabama. We're not used to this shit. Allie, how was your weekend, girl?
2: Pretty good. It was cold too, though. I mean, I'm not built for these types of temperatures.
0: No, like, probably not.
2: Yeah. I mean, I'm used to West Coast winter, so it's not bad. I can't complain. I wasn't snowed in like a lot of the South was, but uh, like it's me. a little too cold for my liking. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. It's it's still freezing ass cold up here. It's, oh man, the weather It's brutal, but enough about the weather. Uh, Eric. Friday, we got to have a conversation with Dennis Dodd and yep. we didn't really spend much time talking about takeaways from that.
1: Uh, we were no, kinda, he, it was I Friday. Mean-
0: we were kind of in a hurry. So uh, if you're a listener and you have not caught that conversation, especially if you're a Florida state fan or a Michigan fan, go back and check out the conversation we had Friday with Dennis Dodd from CBS. He's an all-star, one of the best. So he's a, uh, what Eric likes to call a fountain of information. So, all right. So what we're going to do? We're going to go back and eat a bunch of crow and yep. look look at what uh, the recaps continue. So we're going to go back and uh, recap some of the stuff that we did uh, preseason. Our win total bets continue from we did Pac twelve last week, and uh, we're continuing on with the bigs, Big Ten, Big Twelve. And so I want to take the trash out first.
1: Okay. So, that, so mean, Iowa went ten and two.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, so that oh means you're we're, going. Okay. That means we're starting in the Big Ten West West, is is what we're doing. And so overall in the Big Ten, I went eight and six. You went a little bit better than me. You were nine and five. So you you beat me in the Big Ten for a second straight year, although you slipped a little bit from last year's what, like 12 and two dominance, I think, something along in there.
1: 13 and one.
0: Oh, sorry. What was I thinking? Sorry. 13 and one. So yeah, kind of a slip from that for you. And I actually did some improvement. I think I had a losing record in the big 10 last year, right at 500, maybe so a little bit interesting. So Allie wasn't here with us in the preseason, but uh, we're going to definitely get some hot takes from her because I'm sure there's plenty of them because she's a sec biased person, which means she doesn't like the big 10. Correct.
2: I'd be correct. Yes. Yes.
0: I love it. <laughs> See, that's why we bring her here. So, just to hate on all you Michigan fans. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Partly. But, uh, okay. So, we're going to dive in. We'll take the trash out first. Eric, I'm going to start at the bottom. Arguably, I would say the biggest miss of the season for a lot of people. And I don't think anyone (laughs) saw this coming. And if you bet this, kudos to you. Northwestern at two and a half wins, boys and girls. Yep. This team went to a fucking bowl game, Eric.
1: This team went seven and five. Yeah. Uh, that uh, this still blows my mind how David Braun did, did not get every Coach of the Year award. I, I, I know Kalen Bohr had a great season and, and all the Jet Fish, all these other guys. Uh, six months after he's hired as the defensive coordinator for his first FBS job ever, suddenly now he's the interim head coach after a hazing scandal and he takes a team that went 1 11 last year uh, <laughs> and goes 7 and 5. I don't. Hats off to him. Um,
0: yeah. And Allie, virtually with no transfers coming into the school on that kind of thing. I mean, Northwestern doesn't get a wealth of transfers. I mean, they were like bare bones from, like Eric said, a team who did not win a home game or an away game for that matter uh,
2: in 2022. Yeah, absolutely. And also, I mean, they were close to having a better record even than that. A lot of the games they lost were pretty close. I mean, they only, I'm looking here, they only lost to Iowa by three points. Like, they, That's quite the
0: turnaround. So was the final score three to nothing? I mean, 10
2: to seven, which is yeah, probably like 17 10 or
1: something. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Laser show.
2: 10 to seven. That's offense. Yeah.
0: Just a thought. So yeah, huge miss for Eric and I there at two and a half. I think the majority of people miss that. Uh, If you, if you took the over on two and a half there, kudos to you, but uh, you were, it was probably made before the Fitzgerald, a uh, fiasco happened, I would think. So, because I mean, he's not Fitzgerald wasn't a bad guy to bet a, to bet for. You know, I mean, he's right. he's come through many times in the past. So, but to to win seven games off that schedule, monumentally impressive. Eric, I'm gonna tell you what's not impressive. While Brett Bielma's, need uh, yeah. to crush a buffet is impressive, because that man has never been full over six and a half did not happen. His season was not impressive. Some of the most putrid offense that I've seen in quite some time. Yeah, it was bad. It was bad. Um, I, I don't I, really the, know what
1: else. The defense took a slight step back and the offense took a bigger step back, and they were just not a good football team. I mean, I don't know how much time we need to spend on it. They just weren't very good. I was willing to bet on Brett Bielema in the Big Ten West. Um, that's kind of that whole division is his sort of his wheelhouse. And yeah. six and a half seemed like a reasonable enough number. They just weren't very good.
0: Agree. I don't really want to dwell on it. They suck. <sighs> okay, so let's talk about a more interesting team that we also both missed on, and then we we both again took the over here. Wisconsin, Fickle's first season, and I don't know if you've seen their schedule or looked at it from last year. Happen to remember it, Allie, but based on their schedule, I kind of thought maybe they get to the over. Really, it was beating Iowa or not was not a factor but they lost some games I feel like they just shouldn't have lost I I was kind of high on Tanner Mordecai and the offense coming in I I don't know where you guys were at on them
2: yeah I mean I think I had pretty high expectations from Fickle not even really I just feel like they really weren't competitive this year and I forgot about them (laughs) I honestly throughout a lot of the season um because it was a big hire for them I know it was a big deal when he left the when Fickle left the Bearcats they were in shambles, obviously. But uh yeah, I, I just feel like he didn't really make a lot happen. We'll see how he recruits in the offseason, but um, was really expecting a lot more from him.
0: Yeah. And Eric, I, I kind of thought we would see more from the Phil Longo hire. I, I think I, I was drinking the, the Phil Longo Kool-Aid a little bit too much.
1: Maybe. I mean, I was optimistic about the the Phil Longo and bringing in Tanner Mordecai, who's, who's run that system at SMU. Um, right and then fickle thinking okay, well, maybe they'll be better up front they they seem to have slipped up front, uh, you know, their line of scrimmage played the last couple of years under Paul Christ. So just uh, just didn't work out lost some winnable games and they they honestly they no showed a couple, I thought. Um, and they were just a pretty average team.
0: Yeah, fair. a lot uh, kind of continuing the theme here in the Big Ten West. another average team, which was an easy pick for an under for us both was nebraska the, the corn huskers matt rule sticks to his first year being trash although they you know they did better than his first year at uh, baylor which i think was like one and eleven some something yeah and temple lines. yeah temple and, the same thing yeah so a little bit of an improvement there but god Allie, i don't know how much nebraska football you watched this year but eric correct me if i'm wrong they led the country in turnovers yes yep. true yeah. story
2: yeah, that I didn't know. I mean, I have been hearing a lot more about Nebraska, though, obviously, uh, in the state of Georgia in the last month or so uh, after that big Dylan Raiola. But, yeah, I just never really have high hopes for them. I mean, it's just such a hard place to recruit. And um, I thought that that Matt Rule, I, I don't know, I thought maybe he would come in and make it something. But, yeah, you're always uh, better off to take the under on that one. <laughs>
1: agree yeah. Eric i i, thought, he I almost thought they had me to a bowl game yep. i thought they could get to a bowl game i i wasn't sold on a seventh win a quarterback play was just putrid <laughs> absolutely and, abysmal you know average quarter like not even good just mediocre quarterback play they they win nine games probably Oh,
0: god well they got the the future now Raola, he's there
1: he may uh, be the present uh, like i would not <laughs> rule that out <laughs> well,
0: that, yeah, I say the future. I mean now moving yeah, forward. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah future like they got nobody. Months, yeah. Yeah, that guy's got more talent and one arm than anybody else in that quarterback room has. And that's I mean, just because he can throw the ball. I mean, mm-hmm. and hopefully not to the other team uh all that much. But nonetheless, yeah, easy pick. We both hit on that under there. Uh we also both hit the under on Purdue. <laughs> you lose Jeff Brom. You lose a ton to the portal, a few to the draft. Not really much to expect from Purdue. Did not expect them to get back to the Big Ten title again. So they're kind of uh, rebuilding, no, as it were. They
1: sort of were who we thought they were. They yeah. were. I, I think yeah. I watched one Purdue game, and that's it. So I really couldn't tell you much outside yeah. of that, other than looking at their scores be like, yeah, they're struggling like I thought they might.
0: Yeah, well, all... Six Purdue fans that have tuned into the show since we started it. Uh, sorry, but they they suck under five and a half easy money. Uh, oh man, one that hurt my heart to take the under Eric, Minnesota, the Gophers, Fleck, <laughs> the Boat Rowers. They did not row the boat over seven and a half wins. It was an easy under, man. The offense is so bad, and even the defense yeah. was not all that impressive this season. It was okay, but. I think that's more of a product of no offense in the Big Ten. Am I crazy?
1: I, I think that's a in their particular case that's a big part of it. Um, yeah, you know the schedule. Your Illinois offense, Nebraska's offense, Purdue's offense. It's there's not a ton to get excited about. And you know Minnesota caught a couple of breaks. They're probably fortunate to go five and seven over seven and a half. I don't think was ever all that realistic.
0: No, probably not. So, yeah, that one hurt after a couple of years of cashing for me. They, uh, yeah. they took a step back and they cashed for me again, but not in a good way. <laughs> so uh, we'll move on from the Gophers because Cause they've just, oh man, they got some problems. Uh, and let's talk about the big 10 final year of the big 10 West champs. <sighs> Eight and a half win total. You took the over, Eric, you hit on yeah. this one and I took the under, I missed and Allie, I did not expect a team that finished 130th or 129th in total offense to win 10 games. I mean, that's got to be some kind of record.
2: Why? Yeah, why would you? <laughs> I don't know. I, 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 I got, like watching uh, paint dry.
0: Oh, I think it's – I would rather watch paint dry. I think it's more satisfying – you know, you begin to see your product and you begin to appreciate <laughs> You've it. got something to show
1: for it at the end <laughs> yeah. other than a drinking <laughs> problem, yeah.
0: Yeah, I think it's more interesting watching paint dry because then at least you can admire the good works you've done. So I... Eric, I don't know what your take is on Iowa. Mine is about two seconds long. Over eight and a half.
1: I took over eight and a half because they had Cade McNamara coming in, who has shown flashes of competent quarterback play, which I think was a step up from what they had previously. Uh, Brian Farrin's got the Hunger Games contract. Uh, I thought that might kind of light a fire under them to to maybe push the issue a little more. Spoiler alert: they were they were every bit as bad as they've been the last two years. When I was when I faded them, but uh, oh, yeah. I thought just. Maybe take a step forward. They're going to play great defense in special teams. Um, Special teams wasn't awesome, but it really didn't matter because the rest of their division is just a flaming bag of dog crap.
0: It's bad. But uh, I will say, shout out to Brian Ferentz. That guy made me a lot of money this year. I wonders were free money all season long. I don't know why Vegas never caught up, but... They
1: tried to catch him up.
0: I mean... Under 20, yeah, they're opening, 20,
1: they're, yeah, they're opening lines at 26 and a
0: half. They tried. <laughs> I mean, I remember saying on a on an episode this year, like 28 or more, it's free money to take. Not even under.
1: thinking about it. Yeah,
0: just, yeah, not it, even like oh, 28 and a half pff, under. <laughs> I mean, it was free money. So shout out to Iowa and, oh, man, I I still can't believe they won 10 games. That's it's like a testament to the Big Ten, like. A team with the worst offense in football won 10 games. Right.
2: but yeah, yet- it's also the fact that like the Big Ten West, that's your champion of the Big Ten West. That's, that's the best you got at the Big yeah. Ten title game. That's, that's it. That's, like it's that's just,
1: that's the best they got by a significant yeah. <laughs> margin.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not to mention though, that is uh, probably the last Big Ten title I will be at for quite some time.
1: Uh, yeah. Actually, I'm, <sighs> I don't want to dwell all night on Iowa, but I do want to look something up. I meant to earlier um, just because when they played ranked teams, they got absolutely dragged
0: 92 and, to nothing is what you're looking for. Yeah. Uh, so
1: I got well, outscored 90,
0: to- 92 to zero in uh, ranked games.
1: I wanted to see their, their season, season long point differential. Um, oh, because I think they, I felt like they won a lot of low scoring, close games. And when they got, when they lost, they got obliterated and yeah. 10 and two record with a plus nine point differential on the season. That is, that that is insane. That's like bizarro Nebraska,
0: 2022. <laughs> that's, exactly, that's, exactly what I was about, that's Exactly what I was about to say. I was like, wait a minute. That's like the complete opposite of Nebraska two yeah. years ago where they had a, 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 a an even point differential yeah, and lost zero. And lost eight out of nine conference games. It's pretty insane. So yeah, lucky for Iowa fans. Good for you. Punning right. is winning. So oh, yeah. enough about enough about the garbage-ass Big Ten West. We got that out of the way. So let's start at the bottom of the much more impressive Big Ten East. And the bottom team was an easy over for us both, Eric. Second stint of the Greg Schiano era started off with a bang again. So. Uh, three and a half over easy money.
1: It ended up being easy money. I mean, for me, I don't, I don't remember um, going over this with you in the preseason. I know my kind of mindset was the Northwestern Rutgers game was going to kind of decide over under yeah. for both those teams. I, like I, I'm either going two and zero yeah. or I'm going zero and two. Um, <laughs> yeah.
0: the relegation game. Yes.
1: So I ended up thinking, okay, I'll, I'll give Rutgers the edge there, which is why I took the under on Northwestern, which ended up being a miss. But yeah. Um, I he was he was on my hot list or my hot seat list oh
0: damn he was what
1: yeah yeah mm. so uh bowl eligible had a good year so, you know six and six is not great but uh certainly exceeded expectations
0: yeah it's pretty great for Rutgers though I mean let's let's be realistic they got no talent they don't have any talent up there
1: well it is I mean it, it, it is impressive when you consider their nine conference games you know that includes Michigan Ohio State and Penn State every year yeah Uh, So you're already kind of fighting, uh, not in a losing battle, but an uphill one.
0: Yeah, I would tend to agree. Although I did skip over the worst team in the Big Ten. I I just noticed that. I skipped over good old Indiana with a a three-and-a-half win total.
1: That's that's just as
0: well. (laughs) That was an easy under for us both. And, uh, man, they got obliterated all season. It was just ugly. I don't know what else you can really say about Indiana. I don't, I don't have know. anything
1: I want to say about Indiana. They yeah. Poor Tom Under, Allen. moving on.
0: Yep, <laughs> Poor Tom Allen, man. That's whew. That was a uh, brutal. But I will say this. Indiana did, uh, I think, make a good hire this offseason. So maybe Kignetti gets it turned around. <laughs> I mean, yeah, the dude I don't, was, I, Google was, him. Yeah, that's right. I mean, he he got the wheelbarrow out for those comments, if you know what <laughs> yeah, I he mean.
1: He did. <laughs> yeah, he did. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he, he, got, he got him out and said yeah it's a pretty easy message google me i win so yeah i don't they're know like five
1: and 19 the last two years and he's talking about yeah we're well, gonna be playing in that game next year
0: oh man well they should be at least more exciting to watch because you would have to believe that come spring they're gonna take a shit ton of transfers you would have most to likely so it'll be uh you know, probably 20, 30 guys rolling in there just to take over some spots, I would think. Kind of similar to a Colorado situation on a lesser scale. But we'll see. Uh, Moving on. Maryland. Valoa's final year, Allie. It was uh, – he, he – re- what is uh, – Eric, correct me if I'm wrong. He's like the most prolific passer in Maryland history, correct? Finishes with the best numbers in, in school in, history?
1: In Maryland history, yes. Yeah. I yeah. want to say he is the career Big Ten leader in passing yards.
0: Yeah. So – Maryland loses their quarterback, but ultimately we both took the over on Maryland and we were both wrong because we thought maybe, Allie, maybe they would be able to play a little bit of defense and we were wrong.
2: There were some close games, if I remember correctly. I, I mean, they they put on a fight for a lot of those, which, you know, those close games, they obviously ended up losing, but uh, they're a fun team to watch with, uh, I always butcher it, Tagovailoa Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I'm not sure if they're going to be as fun to watch next year, but a lot, a lot to watch on offense.
0: Yeah. Well, they're, they're one of those teams that, uh, you know, shout out to Bud Elliott. He says, take the check, take the losses. They got no business playing in the big 10, just like Rutgers. And they do. Cause they want that $90 million a year, just like Vanderbilt, you know, kind of thing. So one of the, one of the several doormats in this conference outside of Ooh. the big three, uh, Speaking
1: of doormats.
0: Speaking of of doormats, oh, man, Michigan State. Oh, my God. You talk about a disaster of a season. Mel Tucker gets shit canned. Zero
1: things went right. Well, I mean, I guess four things went right for them, but that's about it.
0: (laughs) Yeah. This betting against Michigan State was free money for, like, A six-week stretch. I don't know how much money you were betting on the, each one of those individual bets, Eric, but I, I hope it was a lot because you were you were riding, fading Michigan State a lot. And when, I
1: was. I, f- I felt bad about it at first, given <laughs> the circumstances, but then I was like, well, you know, if I bet against them and they won, Las Vegas wouldn't feel bad about taking my money. So no. I'm not going to feel bad about taking theirs.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Facts. Yeah, that was a complete and utter shit show. Those players, I mean, I... Allie, I don't know if you watched any Michigan State football this year. I watched – f- I can't remember what game it was. Maybe the Washington State? Is that correct? Then then they play up Washington State, Eric? They played Washington. Washington. I watched about a half of that game when I was like, these dudes have quit. They've just quit. Like, they're not even playing hard.
1: That was – I, I wonder – that might have been the first game after Mel got let go.
0: Maybe. It, I'm not sure. I'd have to – I'm actually going to look yeah. that up.
1: Week three, Washington, minus 16 and a half. I took it, and they won by 34.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There you go. I watched like a half of that and I was like, dude, <laughs> this <laughs> team has just quit. Yeah, they're,
1: 473.
2: <laughs> they're in state, you know, rivalry, Michigan, Michigan state. It was just a complete blowout. I just looked up. It was 49 to zero. <laughs> I mean, if you can't even get up for, that's one of their biggest rivalry games. If you can't even get up for that and put some points on the board, bad news. Yeah.
0: that, Oh man, yeah, they've got an uphill battle. They got a lot of shit going on up there. Even as, but they might have the right guy to fix it. Perhaps it. We'll see. (laughs) The jury's out on Michigan State. I don't know. I mean, Jonathan Smith is he brought Oregon State from basically a nobody to being a double-digit win team in the Pac-12? Perhaps he's able to do some good stuff there. I mean, let's be honest. Mel Tucker's success was largely based on the transfer portal. Kenneth Walker, you know, so. Maybe he catches fire and they win win some games. I don't know. We'll see. It'll be interesting. But uh, Michigan State fans, God, what a shit season they had to live through. That was terrible. So, all right, let's get into the big three here. Eric, Penn State, over 9.5, cashed because nobody else in the Big Ten is as good as Penn State, Ohio State, or Michigan, bottom line. Yep.
1: Yeah, uh, an over 9.5 that cashes and still kind of feels disappointing because I really did think that this could be their year to to get over the hump. so
0: See, I I was bought into the running game. Allie, I don't know what your thoughts on Drew Aller are because, I mean, he he came in as a five-star dude, you know, the heir apparent, all this stuff, and he finally gets a shot. But to me, they just don't have anybody to throw to. I mean, what do you
2: think? Yeah, I mean, I will say, um, obviously I watched them play in person uh, at the Peach Bowl. I can't remember his name. They're tight end. Number like 44 or something like that? Mm-hmm. He was their best player on the field by far. Um, yeah. it, it wasn't even close. But kind of what Eric was saying, he thought maybe they'd go over the hump. I just don't think they're ever going to get over the hump with James Franklin. Might not? Yeah, I mean, if
1: mean, they were going to, this felt like the year, right? Because
2: Yes, I, definitely. And I just, <laughs> they can be good, but they're always going to lose to Ohio State and Michigan, it seems like. They're always going to be the third best. I don't know if that's going to change with him. We'll see. But they're just, they're boring. They're a boring team to watch. I remember, I think it was Penn State versus Ohio State. You know, it's this huge matchup. I'm like, these are supposedly the top, they were both top seven teams or something like that. Mm-hmm. It was just boring football, to be honest.
1: It wasn't an aesthetically pleasing game. I will, <laughs> yeah, I will say that. The offensively, I did expect more. They were the opposite of explosive. Uh, Absolutely. I think it goes back to what you said, Jason. I don't I expected more out out of Aller and I didn't get it partly because I don't think they've got a difference maker outside. Like no. that Ohio State game that Allie's talking about, the difference in that game was Ohio Marvin. State had Marvis and Harrison Jr. and yep. Penn State did not. Yeah. You no, know, and, and and Aller didn't play great. Um but you know, he caught a lot of shit uh, from you know, fans, uh, media, whoever about, oh, well, he, here's his numbers. He's completing, you know, 55% and, and whatever. And it's like, well, watch the games. Who's open?
0: Yeah, that's that. I Where is he supposed
1: to-, to throw the ball?
0: Yeah, that's about what, kind of what I was getting. Like, I was bullish on their running game, and I thought it was going to go well. And their running game, for their large part, did go well. They ran over the lesser competition. I mean, they beat teams like 49 to nothing and shit like that. So wasn't that they weren't explosive at all. It's they weren't explosive when it mattered, when they actually played teams that could play some defense and they just didn't have any receivers. It's kind of the Mac Jones thing. Everybody's giving Mac Jones so much shit because the Patriots' offense is terrible. I'm like, who's open? Who do they have to throw to? They got Eric Moller at wide receiver. You know, like, you, if you don't give him anybody to throw to, I mean, the guy went to college with Devontae Smith to throw to. My God, like, you can't expect him to play quarterback and not have anyone to throw to. Kind of the same thing with Aller. So I don't, I don't know what Penn State's going to do moving forward, but I kind of agree with Allie here that I just – James Franklin to me, not the dude i I'm out on him. I don't know mm. if, if that's a universal thing, but I'm done like buying into James Franklin in big games because he chokes all the time,
1: yeah, it's I don't remember which game it was they lost that I texted you, but I was because I took them on the money line against both Ohio State and Michigan because uh, I like those numbers enough given the spread and it was just it ends up being like same old Penn State,
0: yep, yep. I think that was Michigan that you you were like, I can't believe I took this on the money line. I was an idiot. I saw it once already.
1: Whoever they played second was the one I really (laughs) was mad at myself about because (laughs) they'd already burned me once. Yeah. And I should have learned.
0: No doubt. All right. So uh, speaking of Ohio State, who is just apparently somebody, one of the boosters won the lottery uh, recently because they are spending and metric ass ton of money in the transfer portal i read a report the other day that it was 13 million dollars and since then they have signed uh, caleb downs Quinchon judkins julian Sayan, the quarterback from alabama that was the number two qb in the country so i gotta believe that you're talking upwards close to 20 million now in the portal so they apparently ali they saw michigan win a national championship and vowed never again
2: yeah. I mean, my biggest take on it. And honestly, the first thing I saw or I thought when I kept seeing, it's like, gosh, everybody's going to Ohio State. I mean, these big programs have lost out on these guys that are all going to Ohio State. And my first thought was, if Ryan Day does not beat Michigan this year, he's on the hot seat and he's gone.
1: He's, so, not, he's not sitting down. on the. That's a do not pass go.
2: Absolutely. So this is his year. I mean, the momentum I feel like that they have right now, and the talent that they're bringing in. I know we're obviously talking about this past season, but moving forward, I mean, how, you, you have to win. You have to obviously get to the playoff, but you've got to win those big games. So it'll be interesting to see.
0: Well, <clears throat> excuse me. It's it's going to get tougher to fire him if he keeps going eleven and one. I get the not, I get the losing to Michigan part, but now with a twelve team playoff, he's eleven and one. He's in. I don't care if he's in the Big Ten championship or not. It doesn't matter. Like he. And can you fire a sitting head coach that's making the playoffs pretty much every year?
1: Yeah, he probably gets a home game this year in a 12 team.
0: It's very possible. Yeah. But the seating is weird. I mean, that if they end up losing to Michigan again or whatever, the Big Ten is wide open right now because we don't even know if Harbaugh is going to be there. And if Harbaugh were to eject Michigan, assuming they promote from within, maybe not a huge upheaval and portal and all that. But if they were to go and poach a coach from a major power, like I know, people say Brian Kelly or whatever, but I don't buy that. But if they were to go and poach whoever from whatever school, then it starts the cycle all over again of what we're seeing at Alabama right now. So, well,
1: I don't know that. I mean, I don't know that missions Michigan has anyone left to poach in that scenario.
0: It's fair. They're lo- they've lost about seventeen people to draft. Like, I think. And,
1: yeah, they got like two starters coming back on offense.
0: Yeah, something like that. So for Ohio State, they are going all in for next year. Ten and a half. We both took the under because we mm-hmm. both kind of drank the Penn State Kool-Aid a little too much and was
1: part of it. We also both were a little reluctant to just automatically trust the three new starters on the offensive line, right? Both tackles and the center. That was right. a question mark for us. New quarterback.
0: Well, yeah, that that was my big thing. Like the linemen, I was like, eh, they've got four and five stars behind those dudes. But Kyle McCord, I was just not obviously he ends up at Syracuse, you know, so here we are. Clearly it wasn't that effective, but again, big 10, they still managed to win double digit games somehow because the rest of the conference sucks.
2: Their quarterback room too is going to be very deep. They're going to be loaded. Going forward. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. yeah. Moving forward. Obviously. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I saw the list today. I can't remember all the names in it. It's like Will Howard and uh, yeah, Julian. The, the Nolan
1: kid was a, a highly sought after. Yeah. Yep. um Yeah. Yeah, it's, like kid, six, uh,
0: it's like six deep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty crazy. So they, it'll be interesting to see moving forward. But I, I, I agree with you guys. If, if it's another year of like, eh, we lost Michigan again, it's going to be like, mm, okay, Ryan Day. You got to win a playoff game, buddy, because if you don't win one, well, we're going to find somebody who can get us there and also win one. Just getting there, not good enough. <sighs> Michigan. They play absolutely no one. Their conference schedule, non-conference schedule, excuse me, is an absolute joke. It's a bad joke. It's the worst non-con in football. And uh, that, well, let me let me backtrack. They did play UNLV this year. UNLV had a good year.
1: Who ended up being like an eight-win, uh, not MAC uh, Mountain West team? <laughs> yeah.
0: So. They had a decent season, you know, good for Barry Odom to put them back on the map, but what are we talking about? That's your toughest non-con game? Fucking joke. Let's go. <laughs> all right. Anyway, so yeah, Michigan goes over 10 and a half easily. They go, 12, they go 15 and 0, win it all. Good for them. <sighs> we talked about Michigan a little bit last week, Eric, with all the investigations and all that good stuff. Harbaugh just interviewed with the Chargers a second time, so a lot up in the air for them, but... Betting over 10 and a half was kind of easy money. I mean, if you all the championship and the cheating and all that stuff. Aside.
1: Yeah. I mean, every, you know, the, the, the story of the season aside, you know, coming into the year, you look at their schedules, like what, what, what two teams are, are they going to lose both Ohio state and Penn state? Uh, they got to get one of those. No one Jim. else on their schedule is going to beat them. No. Right. Unless you thought Maryland was a trap game in between those two. Uh, Cause I think that was on the road, but um, yeah, they had so many guys coming back for that to make that last run, right? With that group, and I thought it, I'd have to look and think about this. That might have been one of the two easiest decisions in this whole conference for me. Was Michigan over ten and a half? Like I just didn't see two teams that were going to beat them.
0: Yeah, I think the other easy decision being under on Indiana <laughs> that was that was an easy decision. But yeah. uh, Allie, is there an asterisk? Asterisk next to this? I can't say that word. Don't judge me, but is there, an, is there an asterisk next to their championship for you, in your opinion?
2: I mean, in my opinion, there is, but it's also because I just don't like Harbaugh. And uh, <laughs> if I'm being Fair. legit, I mean, they won, they beat Alabama, they beat, you know, they didn't play anybody, but they won the game needed to win. They got there and they won when it mattered most. So I just... I don't know about y'all, but to me, it still feels like the national championship just hasn't happened yet. Uh, It's just bizarre that it was only two weeks ago today, and it seems like a lifetime ago. And I was also... A lot's
1: going on since then.
2: (laughs) Yes, yes, absolutely. One One or two things. Yes, but also, I was talking to somebody about this. What a weird feeling that would be as a Michigan fan. You win the national championship, and then the next day, Jim Harbaugh is... Talking, you are kind of assuming that he's going to the NFL. I mean, that's that's just kind of a bummer, right? When your coach, you know, win it all and then, nope, all right, I'm leaving. And it's just kind of a weird feeling, I guess, as a fan. I don't know. It's weird,
1: but I don't about. think they care because I think yeah. they know that the guy who's going to replace him is the guy who, you know, won four games is the, you know, acting or interim or whatever you want to call him.
0: Yeah. Are we at, Are absolutely... Are we absolutely certain of that? I mean, is that the consensus that Sharon? I would be Moore-
1: shocked if it was anyone other than him. I would, I, I would be really? speechless. Yes.
0: I don't know, man. I just, I, I don't have be- a huge take on that. I just, I don't know. Hand over. I would over be the gobsmacked. A, handing over the keys to a program like Michigan that just won the national championship to Sharon Moore. Like, I don't know, man. I'd probably try to go find somebody a little bit more proven, but, uh,
1: Okay, I mean, he had Ryan Day and James Franklin in hell in those games. Michigan did whatever they wanted.
0: Did he really, neither of those guys
1: had had any answer.
0: All they did was run the ball. That's it. They ran it 50 times a game.
1: Yeah, and And the whole world knew they were going to run the ball, and they still ran the ball effectively.
0: (laughs) Well, I mean, I hear you there, but I I, I would lean more towards it was mostly Michigan's defense that – won all those games for them not not the offense i mean their offense was effective enough at times like we saw in the alabama game for instance the two drives that they went down and scored on very effective on those drives good play calling all the things that you're saying about sharon moore i I do see it but i I look at michigan's defensive line and their front seven and even their secondary is the reason why they went 15 and 0 i just that's what i sort of point to but uh That's me personally. For me, I I don't put an asterisk next to it because it doesn't matter what any of us think about it at this point. It's over. It's done. They won. That's what happened on the field. I don't give a shit if the NCAA vacates it. What's that matter? It's like USC or whoever. Miami in the past. Whoever's been penalized and had shit vacated. doesn't matter. We saw what happened on the field. So if you're an Ohio State fan or you're an Alabama fan or a Washington fan, sorry for you. It doesn't fucking matter. They won. So I don't yeah. care what the NCAA says about it.
1: If, if we had found out after this season ended that all the the alleged shady stuff had happened throughout the year, um, it might be one thing. But you know that they the best teams on their schedule they played after all that. Where you have to think there's like a one in a million chance they're still doing, knowing that they're under that microscope that they're still doing something they shouldn't. So I guess although the big win they're going to beat you know, UNLV and Hawaii and Akron or whoever else, you know, Indiana, they're going to beat all those teams anyways, even if they weren't, um,
0: Yeah.
1: you know, Michigan state. So I don't know. It's kind of tempting, but it's, it's like, well, I don't, in their particular case, I don't know that it really impacted their results from the season, um, which kind of makes you wonder why they did it.
0: I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. But so, overall in the Big Ten, Eric goes nine and six, or what'd you go? Nine and five. I go five. Eight. Yeah. Yeah. Nine and five. I go eight and six. So, positive notch for you there this season. Uh, hopefully, we can do better next year, but uh, it'll be more of the same, I think. But it'll be interesting with Oregon and Washington, USC and UCLA joining the party. So, getting to where we're going to have to do these win totals in the preseason in like three episodes, these 10 conferences are getting yeah, so no. big. So some of these teams are going to be like Purdue under next. So that'll be our pre that'll be our preview. So let's move to the big 12. I think this one's going to go a little bit faster personally, uh, because there's just, there's some real tomato cans in this conference. So Allie, I'm going to, I'm going to bring something to you right out of the gate here. The four teams that joined the conference last year, and I'm talking Houston, UCF, uh, Cincinnati, and BYU. Eric and I were split on these teams. We both took the under on Houston, which hit. uh, We split on UCF. I was on the over on Gus Malzahn, which I stand by that. That should have hit. He choked one of those games off. Boise State, by the way. (laughs) So that, that kind of screwed me out of an over there. Eric hit that on that under. Cincinnati, we both took the under. Fickle left that place in shambles, as you uh, alluded to earlier, Allie. And then uh, BYU, I took the under four and a half. Eric took the over. and Snuck in there. Snuck in there. Proved to be lucrative for him. So what was your take on those four teams in their first year in the Big 12? Were you high or low on all of them or any of them?
2: Yeah, I mean, I have to say – but Cincinnati was one I was gonna be very curious to see. I didn't have high hopes for them again after Fickle's departure and to go one and eight in conference plays. Yeah, that's rough. I know those Cincinnati fans were very, very upset and uh, I, I don't feel I don't feel uh, like it's gonna probably change too much next year. Uh, no so f- no,
0: no no faith in hot Cedarfield to get the get the job right.
2: I just don't know, but it would be hard to beat <laughs> having those highs. I mean, making the playoffs just a few years ago, and then just to go three and nine this year—that's just tough. Um, BYU's one I never really know. They beat Arkansas, which I was surprised at at home, yes, or at, at Arkansas rather, yes. Um, so you know that big, big win for them, I guess.
0: Yeah, that's the- why. That's why Eric went over and not under. <laughs>
2: oh, really? Okay. I, I expected.
0: Uh, I expected that to be an L. On yeah. BYU's schedule and they won that.
1: Uh, and- I, I did too. I had a I had a win penciled in somewhere else on their schedule. It wasn't that one, I promise. Okay. All right. Well
2: Yeah, then I mean, uh UCF. I did I do follow UCF probably more than a lot of people just because they had John Rice Plumley who was at Ole Miss, and yeah. I'm a fan of his. I know he was out for a few games though, but yeah, just an underwhelming season, honestly, for for all four of them I'd say. I mean, frankly, just bad. <laughs> for, yeah. for, for half of
0: those. Well, there was there was a couple of high notes on the Gus this season. You know, they yeah. did uh, they did absolutely smash Oklahoma State, Oklahoma State. In, the, in the middle of a hurricane. Yeah, <laughs> so that was uh, I bet on Oklahoma State that week. FYI, so yeah, good so, job, Jason. Sorry, but that, that was my fault. That, that's on me. I, I, I did, think you uh,
1: laid points in on that one, didn't you?
0: I did. Yeah. Yeah. I, I totally did. Oh. I, I, <laughs> I again, I I don't. I, did I lay points or did I take points? I I thought that Gundy was an underdog in that game. Maybe I can't remember. I'd have to go, but you'd have to go back and look. I can't remember. But
1: Oklahoma State minus two and a half at UCF.
0: Damn it. Okay, they were favored. Shit, they right, got yeah.
1: annihilated.
0: They, yeah,
2: UCF. Yeah, they they did have some really close games. I mean, they were close to winning. Easily, I mean, I think like one point
0: deficits for yeah, they they choked off of against, Bo- against Boise State, they should have won that game, they choked hardcore. So,
2: I, I, they were close with Oklahoma, too.
0: Yeah, I, I felt good about my over six and a half for them, and they just the Gus Bus, man. He, I, I little show history for you, Allie. The Gus Bus and Mike Gundy are my two arch nemesis. I cannot. When a bad when those two guys are involved. I just can't. So since uh Herm Edwards retired from coaching, those guys have have bumped up into one and two on my arch nemesis uh list there. So all right, let's move on. let's get back to this list. So, God, this is chicken scratch, Eric, because it's tough for me to read here. Okay, there we go. Uh all right. My handwriting so, is
1: impeccable, first off. <laughs>
0: Well, it's impeccable, but it's just this small on my little phone. I should have done this on the computer, but that's okay. Uh, another easy over that I feel like winners win, dude. Lance Leipold, Kansas, five and a half. Yep. Not enough, Vegas. What are we no. doing? Have they not been watching? What's happening? I mean, rock chalk. I don't, Allie. How much pay? How much did you pay attention to Kansas this year?
2: I mean, I've, I I watched a few of their games. I did pay close attention to their bowl game though this year, and their quarterback. I loved his confidence because he just was just slinging it all over the field. Oh yeah, and he had some some big misses, but some of those were pretty impressive. Uh, which, so I mean, they're, they're one a fun that? team.
0: That was Jason Bean. Bean, which Jalen Daniels is is coming back apparently. Right. So, but, but I, I don't know. I think we have a lot of nil flu going on down there. That's that seems to be the Could general be. Con, general consensus of why he was missing games was maybe some nil stuff, not getting paid, those kinds of things. Don't know how much validity there is to that. No so knows, yeah, not not here to speculate. But uh, that's sort of the rumors. But uh, Lance Leipold, dude, he's just a winner. Winners win, man. Easy to take the over on five and a half. So I would expect. I mean, they win what eight and four. So I would yep. expect. Just as much improvement this year. I don't know about a three win improvement from eight and four. Eric, I don't know what you think, but I would say the Big 12 is sort of ripe for the taking without Texas and Oklahoma in town anymore.
1: It uh, seems wide open. Um, you know, Arizona's bringing some really good players back, uh, as is Utah and, you know, Kansas, Kansas State, uh, Oklahoma State. They're, they're never bad. I think Gundy's got one losing record in 20 years. So I can't imagine there's a clear favorite. Um, but I think you're talking about a pool of like five or six teams who have, you know, as as good a shot as anyone to go win that thing.
0: Yeah. And uh we'll stay in the state of Kansas here. Kansas State, seven and a half, coming off that sugar bowl loss to Alabama, had a seven and a half win total. Apparently, it just doesn't matter who the quarterback is there. It does nope. not matter. Uh, sort of the same situation as Kansas. Winners win, and Chris Kleiman just wins ball games. He finds yep. a way with two and three-star recruits and just gets it done, man. There's really not much else you can say about Kansas State. They lost pretty much everyone from a team that you know had several NFL dudes on it. Some guys on the defensive line, guys like they they were pretty loaded and they lost most of that and they still just managed to keep winning. So good for Kansas State. <sighs> this next one hurts, Eric. You TCU, or me. Both of us. Okay. TCU. Yeah. Seven and a half. What in the F, Sonny Dykes? How do you lose to Colorado? I don't get it.
1: Yeah, I knew we were cooked on that one, the very first game. Yeah. I was like, if this is how they're going to play defense, uh, we have no shot to get to no. A4.
0: Now I, I, I put a red X next to that over after the Colorado loss. That was uh, <sighs> Sonny Dykes. I was saying, Not I, good.
1: I thought they would take a step back. I didn't think they would fall back seven games.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Allie, would you like to take a stab on how many teams started the season ranked and finished with a losing record?
2: Maybe like three or four?
0: The answer would be one, and that would be oh, TCU.
2: okay. I was going to say, is it higher than I'm guessing?
0: <laughs> no, the answer would be one. TCU is the only team to start ranked and finish with a losing record yeah. this season. Not good. So, there
1: yes. were a couple that tried, but yeah, TCU yeah. succeeded.
0: Yeah, indeed. And uh, Eric, a team that I sort of was a little bit higher on because I was sort of in these same opinion like Kansas State, like it doesn't matter who the quarterback is. Apparently, it did matter because Texas Tech did not go over
2: uh-huh. seven
0: and a half wins. And they played about four or five different quarterbacks throughout the season.
1: Yeah, they played a bunch.
0: And had some tough losses. They uh, lost a last second game there to Oregon. When Oregon was in town, yep. that was a crazy wild game, and somehow or another, I ended up hitting on that bet, luckiest bet of the year probably for me. So
1: yeah, I think we we both laid points and covered on like a, a fumble return or a pick six.
0: Yeah, I think it was like a a, a scoop and score with like a minute yeah. left or something. Yeah, late. We ended up yeah we ended up covering on yeah that was a uh, interesting. But Texas Tech, I mean they. I don't really have much to say about them. I don't know if either one of you guys have a take on them. I, I mean, they just, they kind of. Well,
1: yeah, it's pretty simple. Uh, for, it's actually, this applies to a handful of teams in this conference. Um, if you just refuse to play any defense, you better score some points. And if you have one or two key injuries on offense, you are in a world of shit.
0: Yeah, facts. <laughs> so on the opposite end of that spectrum of seven and a half teams, which that's, you know, there were several of those in this conference, Baylor. Allie, this one's going to irk Eric a little bit. So just sit back, get get your popcorn out for a second. So Eric, talk to me about taking over seven and a half on Baylor because I took the under. Yeah, you're looking at me
1: taking over seven and a half on a team that finished three and nine. That's what you're seeing.
0: (laughs) Talk to me about your thought process and the letdown there.
1: Schedule looked manageable. Uh, They had some guys coming back and it was really kind of a vote of confidence for Dave Aranda thinking, oh God, this guy, you know, this guy won 12 games a year ago and had a down year, give him a chance to get it right. Smart guys, good coach, a lot of close losses uh, last season. Teams that lose a lot of close games, that generally evens out over time and they start winning close games. Baylor went the opposite way and they started like getting blown out in a lot of games, like a lot of bad losses. Uh They were just, boy, uh, they're just bad. I don't know what else to tell you. This is my worst miss of the year. I think them in Arkansas.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Arky was a bad miss too. But for, for me on Baylor really quick, that the only thing that I, I, I mean, I took the under on them, but it wasn't like, I don't think it went under, for the reason I thought it was going to go go under, I, I didn't have much faith in their lines of scrimmage or their quarterback play. But when I saw them go up and play BYU, like the first play of the game, safety gets ejected for targeting. Next play, touchdown. Like it, it was, it snowballed on them really quick. And after that, it seemed like some of the players kind of ejected, weren't really trying to play much defense, and there wasn't a whole lot of tackling going on. And I was just like, I feel good about this under. <laughs> feel pretty good, isn't it? I did not. It, it snowballed for them really quick. So let's talk about my other arch nemesis real real quick here, Mike Gundy. Yep. For the first time in South End Zone history, I bet on Gundy, and it pays off. I bet on the over, and Gundy goes over six and a half games. Shocking. Never thought I would see the day that I would take an over on Oklahoma State, but everyone was down on them. Everyone yeah. except us, Eric.
1: Well, I can't even take full credit for that because I was initially coming in. Like I changed my mind late. Like the day we recorded that episode, I was like, Oh, you know what? It's man. I just, I was like, man, I can't, I can't take Gundy to go under seven wins. Not in this conference. I just can't. The guy just wins seven games or more every year. Then the season started and that through like the first three weeks, there wasn't a whole lot to like. And I thought, I thought, I thought we were in trouble. Um, Got it turned around. Because that's what Mike Gundy does is the once you think he's done Gundying, he's gonna Gundy even harder than you yeah. thought he could Gundy.
0: Yeah. And uh, he he happened to find a guy by the name of Ollie Gordon who turned out to be a pretty, pretty good player. So yeah. so good good for Gundy there. And he ends up in the Big Twelve Championship where he has no business uh, being this year. I <laughs> still still don't know how he managed that after getting blown out forty five to three by UCF. I I don't get it. So
2: I don't know how you lose to South Alabama. I think it was at home, like yes. 33 to, 33 to 33
0: is, yeah, thirty three to thirty three to seven. Yeah, yes, seven. And then you six. end
2: up in the Big Twelve Championship. It's
0: that's kind of a head scratcher. That that whole season for Gundy, but there,
1: this season was like his magnum opus. Like this was Pete <laughs> Mike Gundy.
0: <laughs> it, it really, it really was. I don't mean to laugh too hard, but that's it. Really was. It was a a, a masterpiece of of, yeah, <laughs> of Mike God, Gundy. It was
1: a mullet special.
0: <laughs> it really was. It's just magnificent. If you go back and think about it, it's like man, so many highs and so many lows. It's like a roller coaster ride. Oh boy, but. A a team that I think surprised everybody, Eric, and this is one that uh, I know surprised me because their head coach was number numero uno on my hot seat list coming into the season, and that is Neil Brown in West Virginia. Under five and a half did not cash, strangely enough. Somehow or another, no. Somehow or another, they found some players and they won some ball games. Yeah, I I got nothing. I'm eating a shit ton of crow there.
1: Yeah. Well, the thing is they had a lot of those players last year and they were terrible. Right. Um, the, yeah. uh, Wheaton, the receiver, right. Donaldson, that, that kid at running back, they had, I think I had, he was either two or three. I think he was three on my hot seat list. Um, mm-hmm. because he'd been pretty underwhelming up to that point, And I really didn't think that they would get to a bowl game, uh, which is what I thought he needed to do to save his job. But, yeah, I don't know. Bought himself at least another year. He doesn't necessarily need to go out and win eight games again, but I think if he goes goes out and gets six or seven, he'll he'll just kind of be able to keep going. Uh, I think he bought himself quite a bit of time with an eight and four season.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's the pitchforks were out for him before last year. He sort of overachieved, but now the expectation is there again. I feel like so if he comes out and stinks again. Would not shock me to see him be gone.
1: Well, right. They come out and go four and eight. That's one thing. But, yeah, you know, he slides back to six and six or seven and five. And I, that's probably survivable. Yeah, that's fair.
0: All right. So, uh, all that being said, let's talk about the Big Two, Allie, Texas and Oklahoma. What were your takes on those two coming into the year? Did you have much faith in Texas or OU to win the Big 12 after sort of a down year for both of them?
2: I think you always have to not necessarily for Texas but I I feel confident other than last year that OU is going to be a contender uh you know at least for to be in the higher end of the conference I I don't know I mean I was pretty impressed with how OU performed throughout the season I mean that Texas OU game I definitely didn't see OU winning that game but I mean, I'd be happy if I were a Texas fan, obviously. Uh, Sarkeesian has a good thing going, made it to the playoff. I think they're going to only continue to get better. Kind of a side note, it'll be interesting to see kind of what happens with uh, the whole Arch Manning situation. But yeah, I mean, I I think I'd be pretty happy if I were uh, an OU and Texas fan uh, about the future. But yeah, then again, you're going into the SEC, so really, who knows?
0: Yeah, Texas sort of got the better draw the first year, I think.
1: Schedule-wise, they did. But I will say both teams, I thought, did what they needed to do as far as getting ready to go into that conference roster-wise, right? Because a year ago, we weren't sure that they were going to get there.
0: Yeah, I I think for Oklahoma, the biggest concern is they're going to have to figure out how to tackle somebody before they go to the sec because i got news for them like if they think the offensive lines and (laughs) receivers they faced in the big 12 are good yikes i mean they they got another thing coming when they go and start dealing with some of the players that teams like georgia and uh, lsu have out wide you know it's just yikes it's going to be a bit of a wake-up call so ou faces alabama at home this year They go on the road for a couple of tough matchups. Texas gets uh, Georgia at home, so they boot. They do both host some big dog teams in their own house. The first year in the SEC, so it'll be. But I thought the SEC did a pretty good job of splitting up the the schedules relative to their first year in the conference. You know, we'll see what happens. But yeah, so for Oklahoma, it was nine and a half. I took the over, Eric. You took the under. No faith in Brent Venables' crew to.
1: It just seemed like, a, it seemed like a big jump to bet on, right? Because they went six and six last year. Yeah. And I just wasn't ready to pull the trigger on a four-game improvement. So uh Texas felt like a much safer bet to go over nine and a half to me.
0: Yeah. Sorry, Allie. Her computer just screwed up. No big mm. deal.
1: Well, she's not missing much. We only got one team left to talk about.
0: Yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, and so, yeah. So Texas and OU, I mean, OU, we... Uh, We split on that one, and then for Texas, we both uh, split again. Mm -hmm. No,
1: we both took the over.
0: Oh, yep. yep, We both did take the over on nine and a half, so that was an easy over for both of us, I felt like, with as much talent as they had out wide, yep, and with the quarterback they had coming back. I mean, I picked Quinn Ewer's preseason to win the Heisman. Didn't happen, but uh, I think Allie brings up a good point. This whole Arch Manning situation, I mean, is this dude really just going to sit on the bench for two whole seasons?
1: Apparently, I mean, I mean, it it is uncommon. That doesn't mean that it's impossible. Like,
0: makes he, me wonder if, how. Makes me wonder how good he actually is.
1: Well, I don't know. We talked about it two years ago when we we saw his highlight tape, and you know, I think there's serious questions about level of competition and how that's going to translate to playing in the Big Twelve and then the SEC. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a fair question for anyone who hasn't played yet. So I don't. know. I think if he wanted to leave, he'd have left. But yeah. uh, he seems. You know, he's going to go into the season as number two. Ewers has missed multiple games the last two years, so there's no reason to think he wouldn't possibly play at all. I wouldn't be stunned, I guess. I wouldn't be I wouldn't be surprised either way.
0: Yeah. Allie, we were kind of uh, alluding to a point you made about uh, Arch Manning. Like Arch, yeah. Whether or not he was going to stick around and ride the pine for an entire two seasons. It just doesn't – it kind of – coming in, there were questions about his – you know, level of competition he was playing against, like the defensive ends on the opposing teams look like my 12 year old stepson. Uh, so, and he's six, five and stiff arm and dudes half his size. So, I mean, I, I think if he was that good, honestly, like I don't see him sitting behind for two Yeah,
2: No, exactly. I think that's the reality of it. Maybe he's not as good as we think he is. I mean, there, there's so much hype around him, but Again, like you said, the reality is if he were that good, he would not be, he, he will not be behind Quinn Ewers in his, you know, second year. So it'll, it'll be very interesting to see. I mean, I don't, I, I just don't see, it, it'd be hard to imagine a, a recruit, you know, so highly sought after like Arch Manning, um, you know, not being the starter his sophomore year. So, uh, I don't know. We we will see. But again, I think that if, if we're deserving of the job, that would be the starter.
0: It's true. Good call. Uh, kind of in the same camp there. So we'll see what happens. But uh, all right. So that'll wrap up our win totals. Eric, you went ten and four. We got one more. Oh shit! I don't want to talk about Iowa State. They you suck.
1: you don't you <laughs> we got to talk about the monster. <laughs> that Matt Campbell is building.
0: Oh man, I was hoping to skip over that. And you wouldn't. No, I wanted to,
1: I, w- I did want to point this one out because this goes, we've talked about, you know, process versus results a lot over the last couple of years. And this was, yeah. this was a process pick because uh, in 2022, Iowa state lost, I think four conference games mm-hmm. right in the middle of their season. I, I think three of them in a row, and they lost those games by a combined either seven or nine points. Right? They had a ton of injuries on offense, and they were a pretty easy pick to go over five and a half because they brought a lot of guys back. And they go seven and five. That's not going to you know blow a ton of wind up anyone's skirt, but good year for them, and another good year. And maybe he'll show up on these these coaching search lists again. He's kind of fallen off those.
0: Oh, geez, rightfully so, <clears throat> Iowa State. So you go a solid ten and four. I go eight and six in another conference. So pretty, pretty aggressively mediocre, as we like to say. So that will wrap up the Big Ten and Big Twelve win totals. A lot of lessons learned there. Uh, don't uh, don't doubt Matt Campbell. Apparently, Timmy eat shit if you're listening. <laughs> so, uh, all right. So, that will wrap us up for this week. We appreciate all you guys for sticking with us. Uh, kind of a long one. Next week will be a lot quicker, I think, because we're only doing one conference, correct? We're just doing SEC next week. Or is well, it
1: ACC? Uh, either ACC or both. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. is a big know. conference. Maybe yeah, I don't
0: know more. that we can get through both of those in one episode. So, we'll probably just do one. Uh, yeah, I don't know. We may run through the SEC yeah. next
1: week. I, well, let's plan on doing just the ACC next week right. because I think we'll also have to. My guess is we'll be dedicating some time to uh, some breaking news.
0: Oh, what are you? What are you alluding to there? Harbaugh is that yeah. what you're alluding to? Oh, yeah, I do. Okay, We've <laughs> got a prediction there for us. You 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 want to make a bet? I mean, what we're going to do a what show? Are the bet?
1: Terms? What terms are you offering, sir?
0: I, I, you know, I'll. Uh, I don't know. I kind of. I woke up today and I felt like Harbaugh's going to stick around for some reason. I don't know, okay, well, huh
2: It'd be weird to go back, I mean, but they'll accept it with open arms, but it's still I feel like you would just be able to go back after that.:
1: I don't know. I want to come up with some terms. I think my terms will involve me being able to post that picture of you dressed as Jim Harbaugh that I have saved on my phone <laughs>
0: jackass it's on my it's on my facebook you can go find it i don't that's where i got it yeah Um, oh my god you stole it off my facebook that's brilliant oh
1: man that's what it's there for
0: you thief i want nil considerations for this name image likeness wait Uh, i might have to pay harbaugh if i yeah
1: i was gonna say i will give you a percentage of the zero dollars in proceeds i get from that picture yeah (laughs) (laughs)
0: You'll just get some personal joy out of it. Well, Well, damn you. All right. Well, all right. So next week we'll do the ACC win total recap. And that one I think will be a lot quicker than this since it's not two conferences, but we appreciate you guys for sticking with us for an hour and seven minutes, kind of a long one. So uh, at Southland Zone pod on all the, all the interwebs, that's what, you know, all the TikTok and Instagram, what all the kids are, you know, watching these days, reels and stuff like that. So you guys can find us there. You can follow now, uh, Ali, uh, forgive me, I'm old and I cannot read your your new Twitter handle there. So where can people go and find you on Twitter?
2: It's AliPasarik19.
0: All right. So yeah, you can uh, find it on our show page there. I think I tagged you in one today. You can follow me at Jason Bailey 47 You can follow Eric at Eric EricMulhair. And we'll be back with you next week talking ACC win totals. Thanks for joining us. See you guys then.
2: Thank you very much. Have a great day.